This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon off this week, uh, out uh, getting a little R&R, and uh, we'll talk to him next week. But let's uh, let's talk a little college football. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery in Utah. Uh, we're in extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. He is the voice of the BYU Cougars. He's Greg. Rubel with us here on the big show. Hi, Greg. Thank you very much for joining us today. How are you? I'm well, Jake. Always good to be with you. Hey, it's it's great to have you on, and it's great to have you on today because uh, you've been around college football for a long, long time when it comes to conference expansion and the the, the landscape shift. Uh, you know, you went through it all, um, as we all did when we were doing shows back uh, about 10 years ago, and now it's, it's back. Texas and Oklahoma, looks like they're uh, almost assuredly headed to the SEC, and it is uh, going to be crazy to see what follows. So it, it's great to have you on, and, and let's start there. Your reaction, first of all, to, to the news that broke last week and then seemingly is, is looking official today uh, that uh, Oklahoma and Texas are going uh, to the SEC and alerted the, the league of uh, not uh, renewing the grant of rights agreement. So your initial and overall take and reaction. Well, Jake, we've talked about uh, realignment in the past, and while we never knew the timing, we, we all anticipated, I think, one more kind of major redrawing of the landscape of college football and maybe a more significant shift, uh, one that might see larger leagues uh, um, you know, and maybe fewer, quote-unquote, power conferences at the end of it all. And this may be a step in that direction. Um, you know, the, the Super Conference is back, if, if, it's, if it's a 16-team SEC we're talking about, and other leagues, you know, may indeed try to follow suit. And you may end up with something that looks very much like a, uh, not, not truly geographical, but uh, uh, something akin to, you know, the college version of a, of a professional league, um, and, and where it's purely football-based. I know basketball and other sports are going to be part of this equation, but this is a football-driven um, event we're talking about right now. And, and you could see, especially with the NCAA kind of losing its grip a little bit in terms of governance, you know, you, you, you could see a football association. And that was another thing I kind of anticipated. Um, when this next major shift came, would you see it kind of being a football association with, um, with maybe other sports, um, you know, occupying a, a separate sphere in some cases? And we may not go all the way there, but I think we're, we're kind of headed – toward another major redrawing of the sport. And so in a lot of ways it was inevitable, but you know, it does take away a lot of what a lot of people like most about college football when it comes to pure geography and, and rivalry. And hopefully some of that can still be maintained as we move forward. You know, those, um, it's interesting. You, you, you mentioned that we've talked about this before. We've talked about it a ton. I remember um, a Monday press conference with Bronco Mendenhall years ago. And those, by the way, those press conferences with Bronco on Mondays were underrated. He was he was <laughs> super honest and like upfront when you'd uh, ask him tough questions. I don't know if like, 
he just felt good on Mondays or something. But those those were were actually way underrated. But anyway, uh, I asked him. I said, "Are we headed for 16 team super conferences?" And he said, "Yes." And this was Greg. This had to be like eight, nine years ago. I mean, he he mm-hmm. flat out said, "Yeah, I think I think that's exactly uh, where we're going." But you know, these additional things that you brought up, like football only governance and those sorts of things, I I, I would never have predicted that. It's it's a crazy time uh, to be a college football fan. And let's let's talk about BYU's positioning and uh, maybe uh, how they could take advantage of some of the fallout if if the opportunity arises. Yeah, I think BYU is in a good spot right now. I, you know, we first have to see it comes to the Big Twelve, right? Does the Big Twelve reconstitute itself um, and make a move towards Super Conference, or does it allow itself to dissolve and have its members cherry pick by other conferences who do, who deem their properties to be attractive enough? So, you know, the next domino to fall has to be the Big 12's decision on what its future will look like. You know, will it still be a league? How league? How big will that league be? Or do its remnants, you know, filter away as they did with the old Southwest Conference? Um, so that's the first thing, you know, to decide. And once that happens, I think BYU is in a, in a decent enough position to see, um, you know, who thinks the Cougars would be an attractive enough property for their next, um, you know, constitution, whatever these leagues might think they're going to look like in the future. Um, you know, the, the American Athletic Conference. If, if the Big 12, you know, dissipates and dissolves, there's a little bit of a vacuum to fill there. And I think the American is probably as well-suited as any league to step into that void. And, you know, what better league than the American to become truly an American conference and, and add some schools from the western part of the country? That might be a thing they consider. Um, you know, the Big 12, should it choose to stay an entity and, and, and maintain some power, uh, could clearly look to, to the west and the midwest part of the country for, or, or, or the, the west or mountain time zone part of the country for some valuable additions. Who knows what the Pac-12, um, you know, thinks it's is in its best interest. And I know that, you know, BYU historically has never been a good fit for the Pac-12, but we've also talked about this too, Jake, and I think if, if the Pac-12 or any league were to think more pragmatically than politically, well, then BYU is a no-brainer, Right. Um, if it's about eyeballs and filling seats and market value, uh, BYU brings all those things. But the Pac-12 has never quite been interested in everything else BYU has to offer. But were they pure to be? Were they were they were they to be purely pragmatic, and think purely about an athletic association? BYU makes a lot of sense for obviously a Western league um, like the Pac-12. So I, I think BYU is situated pretty well. Yes, the Cougars' objective is to join a P5 or P5 level conference, but they've already proven that independence can be sustainable. And if you want to say that 10 years is the long term, it's been sustainable for the long term. You mentioned that you bring up the Pac-12, and the, this is totally an aside, I, I suppose, Greg. But I, I, I find their attitude toward BYU. Uh, obnoxious. I mean, may, and maybe this is just me because I want to see BYU and Utah in the same league again. And at, at the P5 level, I mean, it would just be a dream, right? I, I miss the end of the season BYU-Utah game. I do. I miss the conference race between the two. Uh, I, I absolutely would would love to see that again. But I'm pessimistic about it because you mentioned being pragmatic. And I just <laughs> I don't ever see them uh, approaching it that way, which I find really frustrating. I mean, they just don't want to be associated with BYU, which is um, uh, I find extraordinarily frustrating. But I, I guess are you optimistic that maybe they could make a pragmatic swing where I am pessimistic? 
No, I wouldn't say I'm optimistic, but I'm saying, you know, there is new leadership right now in the conference office. And and I, I realize that, that the commissioner doesn't, you know, he's not rubber stamping decisions here. These things go to boards and trustees and presidents. And, and, and as a philosophical fit with the Pac-12, you know, BYU's never quite been that for that league. But, again, if you were to talk about uh, making an, an, an athletics-based and market-based decision for your league in its long-term future, um, BYU could be a valuable asset. Uh, once you start getting into the weeds with everything else involving philosophies and fit and, and, uh, and ownership and all the things that have, you know, kind of tended to ruffle some, some you know, feathers in the, in, in, the highest, in the highest offices in the past, well, then things get somewhat complicated. But, again, I, I think from, from um, the things that really drive these decisions, BYU checks a lot of boxes for whichever league we're interested. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned I, I, I'm with you. I think best case scenario for BYU, Big Twelve tries to stay uh, standing and and uh, you know replace some uh, with some value because BYU absolutely b- brings that to the table. In fact, I think BYU probably brings more value to the table than most of the remnants of that league. Truth be told, so I think that would be best case scenario. Let's talk about uh, something that maybe a little and bit. Jake, if, if I could just drop in again, yeah, please, um, no, you know, go, we, we, yeah. Yeah, just one quick note. You know, we 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 note these Learfield um, Directors Cup standings, yeah. right? That yeah. that assess the overall value of of an athletic program, and and clearly BYU's in the mix with you know the top twenty, top twenty five, top fifteen P five teams in the country every year. I mean, this is a long standing thing. You know, BYU as an overall program is as robust and as competitive at the highest levels and looks in so many ways like a P5 program in every way but name. Yeah. All they're waiting for is that official designation and that formal invitation. But once that happens, they're right there. Like, they yeah. fit right in. No one's going to have to pull BYU up to someone's P5 level because the Cougs are already there. And they've been that way for some time. But until that time comes... You know, independence is the home that gives them the best place to showcase, um, you know, its its assets and abilities and potential. But th- this wouldn't be a situation where, where the Cougars are some kind of misfit small market uh, program trying to fit in because they already do. No, yeah, you're totally right about that. In fact, remind me, Greg, where do they finish this year in the teens, right? I thought they were 17th this year, Some, right? Something like that. And I believe they're the only, you know, non-P5 school, quote-unquote, uh, to be in the top, in the top 50, 50, which is yeah. which is just crazy. And and you're totally right. you're totally right about that. So so actually, with that in mind, let, let's say that the mad scramble scenario hits, right? And, and the Big 12 just says uh, every university for itself and uh, off, off to the races. You know, would, you know, maybe people would think that's a negative scenario for BYU, but might it be a positive because they do bring more value uh, than a lot of those schools that all of a sudden would be scrambling? Uh, I, I don't know exactly how to answer that in terms of more value. I, mm-hmm. I just know that, that anyone looking to um, constitute or reconstitute with larger numbers uh, looks to BYU uh, on a short list. Um, and again, geographically, some leagues may not view BYU as, as the best fit depending on where they want to go philosophically, but... Again, anyone who's looking to add value to their league, it's a pretty short list of teams and programs that bring that to you. And I would think that a BYU program that ESPN's deemed valuable enough, you know, to do a deal with for years and years now, 
um, would be on that list. And then we talk about the overall, you know, the Director's Cup standings. There, there, there's an overall value to the program as well. And, and we saw just last year how, how willing the national talking heads were to get on board with BYU once the Cougars began going to 5, 6, 7, 8, and 0 with their football team last year. Even though they weren't the P5 opponents that were on the schedule, whoever BYU was beating, that they were doing it well enough that I thought national commentators were happy again to have BYU in that discussion and kind of pick up and champion their cause. That's the vibe I felt last year. Greg Rubel is with us here on the Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's uh, transition a little bit to on-the-field stuff because, of course, uh, camp is right around the corner, and the quarterback race will be the biggest story of camp. You want to uh, – I mean, I don't know if there's a better way to term this, but you, you want to give us kind of an update on or, or handicap that race for us or who's where going into camp and give us uh, – paint the picture for us? You know, I think it's okay to actually, you know, consider – next week to be a, a blank canvas and let things play out a little bit. Um, I, you know, granted, you know, the, there, are, there are reps to have been had from Romney and Hall in the past. There's a recruiting pedigree to be honored from Jacob Conover. There are spring snaps that were meaningful. But I think it's okay um, to, to let A-Rod and Kalani, these guys, kind of sort it out over the weeks to come and say, let's just let's not say there's a favorite. Let's not say there's a guy that, that has the edge. Let's just throw it out there and see who performs the best, moves the team the most, is the most careful with the football, and, and gets the most productivity out of his reps and, and see where it lands. I think that's okay because there are a lot of ways you could look at either of those guys and say, well, he could be the number one for this reason, fill in the blank. They've all got that potential, which is a great situation to be in. You know, Jeff Grimes was fond of telling me, you know, last year, um, you know, when they were deciding between, at the time, it was essentially, uh, you know, Zach Wilson competing with, with, with Jaron Hall and, and Baylor Romney at the time. He said, you know, it, it's great to be in a situation where you're choosing between multiple good quarterbacks because he said he'd been on teams where they don't feel they have, you know, even one really good quarterback. And so I think it's a decent situation to be in. And, and ultimately, you have, to, you have to trust the brain trust in that A-Rod and Kalani infesting these guys are going to simply put the guy out there in Las Vegas on September 4th that gives them what they believe is the best chance to win a football game with whatever assets that quarterback possesses. But that said, Jake, it's rare that you get through a year with just one guy. Uh, you want to do it. It's best when you do do it, and Zach Wilson did do it last year. But that was the exception to the rule that says that, that BYU needs more than one guy to get through the year, as most teams do. And, and that being the case, you know, whoever comes up the winner may not be the only guy that has to be really, really good this year. So I want to ask you about the offense. Anytime uh, a, a school replaces the, you know, an NFL quarterback, an NFL receiver, and an NFL left tackle, let alone the number two pick in the draft, but anytime somebody's doing that, uh, it's tough. So with that in mind, are you optimistic about the offense this year? I am because you return the team's touchdown leader. Uh, you return the team's rushing touchdown leader, rushing yards and yards per carry leader. You return the team's uh, yards per reception leader. Um, and you return enough guys with reps on the O-line to where it's not a totally green group. And so if you are going to be starting a different quarterback than your number two draft pick from last year, it's pretty good to be able to throw those people around him 
as as a way to ease the transition, let's say. Uh, there's a lot there. There's enough there offensively to where you don't have to feel that this will be a step back year for BYU just because you lose Zach Wilson. No one's going to downplay the impact Zach Wilson had. Uh, I mean, the numbers and his position right now in the world speaks for themselves, but they're not empty-handed, and whoever the new quarterback is is going to be a pretty good spot uh, looking around the field and seeing what he has going for him. Man, I wish he didn't go to the Jets. <laughs> I know we've asked you about that before. Anywhere but the Jets. Um, uh, I want to flip. But you know what, right? You know, I, 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 and you know, hey, it's 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 August, it's July still, but it it feels to me like like there's enough going on with that new regime that that he's going to be uh, in 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 a good spot organizationally or a better spot organizationally than that team has looked like in the past. At least, you know that that that's the optimistic viewpoint of it. But I just get the sense there's enough going on with Robert Solly and that group that, um, that, 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 you know, there should be a step up uh, for the Jets. And it'd be fun to see Zach be a part of that. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Adam Gase was maybe the worst. So it's it's only up from there. So I'll, I'll share your optimism there. I hope Zach has a really yeah. good good yeah. career in the NFL. He It would be really fun to follow another local quarterback uh, uh, on that journey. Um, I want to ask you about the defense. We had uh, Norma Gonzalez of the, uh, the Trib on last week, and uh, I asked her what the strength of the defense is going to be, and she said cornerbacks. And I've heard, uh, the, you know, some, some folks out there talking up this group of corners. But if that, if that turns out to be true, Greg, that's... That is that is really huge because I think that really unleashes Kalani Satake and and Coach E on on defense to really you know do some very creative stuff uh, defensively and really help get after the quarterback which has been an issue over the past couple of years. So two part question: um, Do you do you agree with Norma? And part two: uh, You know what kind of impact could that have if those corners can really perform? Well, I, I, I think that the, the linebacking core uh, is an easy group to get excited about, too, if they stay healthy in the first string. I think that uh, that Peely, Tooley, uh, Wilgar group uh, is, 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 is pretty exciting. Um, and, and there are others based on the position you want to call them in that also kind of fulfill you know, linebacker-type roles uh, with people like you know, Josh Wilson and, 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 and others. But um, I like linebacker a lot. I mean, core can be really good. Uh, you know, D'Lo and Shimon, Keenan Willis, Isaiah Heron. Um, but you know, what, what, what you haven't had out of, out of the cornerback group um, lately at BYU um, are, are a lot of picks. Uh, you don't necessarily need to have that be your calling card, but you'd like to see a few more than maybe they've had. Um, I think with Malik and Chaz, uh, you know, the top two safeties are solid with, you know, Hayden Livingston having had reps in the past. It's a decent group. I think the D-line's best asset right now is going to be to strengthen numbers, uh, Jake. I think the fact they can play a lot of guys and will play a lot of guys uh, through those positions keeps guys fresh in an important spot. Um, but I think there are probably more questions than answers right now uh, relative to defense than offense uh, for BYU. Uh, the watch lists are coming out. Um, and, again, there are a lot of guys on watch lists. Not that this is a, a true barometer, but you're going to see a lot more offensive uh, focus than defensive focus right now of those who think BYU is going to be a good football team. Uh, Peyton Wilgar is an exception to that. He's on the Butkus Award list uh, in the linebacking core. Um, but I, I think it's not a superstar-laden group, 
But uh, Coach Tuiaki has proven that numerically and statistically, this can be a very solid group as it has been uh, for the last five seasons, you know, capping off last year uh, when they actually, you know, took apart the schedule they had defensively and were as good a group as we've seen at BYU in some time. I think we're all bummed that we didn't get a chance to see BYU play their original schedule. Um, but let's look at this year's schedule. Um, is this going to be the best schedule Tom Homo has ever put together? I think it's fascinating. I think there are a lot of, of, of great games. There's winnable games. There's tough games. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, we have to, you know, we obviously we're going to have to wait to see, you know, what everyone turned out to be, you know, you know who was who we thought they would be <laughs> kind of thing. But the names are there and, and the logos are there. It's a great logo schedule. There's no doubt about that. And anytime you throw seven P5s on a slate, um, if you can approach double-digit win territory, you've had a spectacular season. And I, I think it's, it's, it's probably fair to say, you know, there are, there are six or seven games you feel pretty, uh, pretty good uh, about BYU winning. Um, there are maybe two or three you feel that they're going to have to play exceptionally well to have a shot, and there are another couple where you think that that's a toss-up and could go either way. And so you throw that all together, and a 9-10 win season is, uh, is certainly something you can shoot for and reach for. And I think these days, as an independent, Jake, uh, playing the schedule BYU's playing, if you're going to throw between five and seven P5s on there every year, I think a double-digit win season becomes kind of the standard of excellence at that point. Anytime you can get around there or get to 10, you've had an excellent campaign, especially the way they're scheduling right now. Last thing for you, Greg, if uh, if they sell out that building down there in, in Vegas, which it looks like it's it's going to happen, that's going to turn some heads. That's going to be a huge deal. Do you anticipate more Vegas games in that uh, in that stadium going forward? I, I would guess if you can – can book that building that would be attractive to a lot of programs across the country no it'd be great to have it keep be kind of an annual thing and and kind of have byu have a home away from home one game a year it may not turn out to be annual but i think that new stadium and how byu is drawn historically in the past in vegas all those things should come together and have byu be ideally a frequent visitor uh, to that stadium and i think obviously once once the folks who run these things you know, see what BYU and Arizona pull off here on September 4th. Um, it'll be something that they want to look to again and again. And let's also note this, as we're talking about, you know, realignment and restructuring, you know, that, that, that that's a statement of sort to be made that an independent team, you know, could do what we expect BYU to do in Vegas, and that is, you know, pack that building. Yes, there will be some Arizona fans there, but it'll, it'll be obvious from the visuals and from how it sounds that BYU is probably going to have, you know, the lion's share uh, of that crowd. And, you know, for BYU to do that, you know, will show the networks, the leagues, and other teams around the country just where BYU is from a national perspective right now. And at this time of restructuring, that's not a bad, me- not a bad message to be sending. Greg, thank you very much for a few minutes. We really appreciate it uh, and looking forward to hearing you call games this fall. Oh, me too. Ask any time and have a great day. Thanks, Thanks Greg. Thank you. Greg Rubel, uh, radio voice of the BYU Cougars. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.